0: Start this message, and um, man, we've had so many hits on our podcast. They're just going off the rick the scale. One message, 150 hits. I don't know what's happening. Someone's listening to these messages. Thank you, podcasters. Give it up for all the podcasters out there, guys. Come on, let's really give them a round of applause. This message is God is in control, and we're talking about providence. Some people don't even know what I mean by saying that word. I'll get to that. I want to layer in basically what we I layered in a while ago and what Luke brilliantly did last Sunday night, which was fantastic, uh, and, and then, and then, Ra, just his heart, you know, just, he is the message, isn't he? he? He just brilliantly shared with us how God is in control, despite all the trials and calamities and the trial of life, uh, somehow he is still in control, um, this is a great message to understand. If, you were to, if we were to understand this message, it, it, it says this, there is meaning, there is purpose, there is a plan. These are very, I know you might hear those themes a lot, but they are very, very important, especially for your children that think or are taught sometimes, hey, you're just born, get used to it, do your best. No, God is our creator of the heavens and the earth, the birds, the trees, and every creeping thing, and the stars, he's placed them in, in perfect, perfect arrangement. The earth is on a, uh, it's off its axis by 3%, and if it would change just minutely, the weather patterns would just be ballistic. Not just cyclones, but nothing would hold it, the, the place could, it wouldn't be even habitable. Amen? It's just poised, it's, it's God, you have it deliberately poised for life. Us, his creation, made in his image. This is a fantastic life. And if you were to try and dumb it down, even through science, you come off second best every time. Thank you, Mr. William Lane, whoever that apologetic guy. I I can take about five minutes of that stuff, and I'm gone. I'm gone. Where did he go? What happened? What language is he speaking? Swahili? I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, God does have a plan for his creation. His sovereign reign over the cosmos stands. Mankind's freedom has complicated things. The big deal is that we've been given free will. So his plan for prosperity, John 10.10, you know, we know there's a devil. We know that from the very start of the Bible, that that there's a devil to deceive, to tempt. and, um, And of course, that and because of mankind falling to that, we do have a massive disposition, a massive dilemma on the planet. And that is a devil and the kingdom of darkness doing a lot of damage and sucking a lot of people in. So God's plan for prosperity of life, the life abundantly that he wants us to have, has somewhat been thwarted by sin, disobedience, rebellion, uh, selfishness, and greed, and ultimately pride. Amen? Pride. But God, say but God. God does not have to control us for, for his perfect will to be attained. Scripture teaches us that God's sovereign purpose and plans, His counsel, in fact, will prevail. It's not a long message tonight. I'm going to hit you up with Scripture. Is that good? I'm going to build a case. Does the Bible, and the Bible does, explicitly state that God is in control? Job, let's check this out. Let's go through some Scriptures. Like Job says... I want to talk about providence, because providence is this wonderful... Matthew Flinders, in the early settlement of Australia, must have been a Christian man. He goes public, he's a wild explorer, he's a real man. He's been to the John uh, Eldridge Wild at Heart camp, maybe, I don't know. But Matthew Flinders loves to discover rivers and the landscape of Australia. Before there's anything, there's nothing here, but he will go bush... He wants a group of people to follow him. And he announces publicly, I want good men to follow me, but you must believe in the providence of God. Wow. The heathen says, what's that? That means believe that God can preserve us, protect us, lead us, guide us through the wilderness. Six, eight months later... The people that volunteered to go with Matthew Flinders came back and said it was phenomenal. We, we encountered things. We were going down one river. All these aboriginals came out at this certain point of the river. And they were absolutely going to annihilate us. For some reason, the, 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 the roar of their, 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 their anger towards us, it settled. And they allowed us to approach, and all of a sudden, it just changed like that. But we know this: Matthew Flinders was praying, and his loyal ones, who knew God, were praying at the same time. They managed to get past that. They reckoned there was 400 Aboriginals ready to take out only a few of these settlers. And they, they repeated these stories of and we were lost, and then all of a sudden. We're on the right track. And we discovered rivers. And we made out, and we explored this great south land. And it was miraculous. But they use this word constantly, providence, meaning God is leading, guiding, preserving, and protecting. Once you understand this, you can kick back in the understanding that God's got you covered. That God, you're not totally out in no man's land. Although you might sin and end up in the wrong place at the wrong time, you still can believe in the, in the providence of God. That he will not let you, Man, he loves sparrows. He will not even let a sparrow fall out of the tree. He knows every hair on your head. You shall not want because he loves to provide. He's like a father. He's just there in the wings. So we need to make a little point of that later. So Job says, Job 28, 24 says, For he views the ends of the earth and sees... And I'm making a point about creation, 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 right? So this is the scripture about that. Job 28, 24 says, For he views the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he established the force of the wind and measured out, who did? God. He established the force of the wind and measured out the waters. Who measured out the waters? God. When he made a decree a decree for the rain and the path for the thunderstorm, then he looked at wisdom and appraised it. Then he looked at wisdom and appraised it. He confirmed it and tested it. 28. And he said to the human race, the fear of the Lord, that is, wisdom and to shun evil that is understanding there's actually a scripture that says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understanding meaning if you truly believe in creation that he made the heavens and the earth that he made you and I that he made all this that he holds it all together through his son Jesus you're on the right track you're probably light years ahead of someone who's really really clever but thinks science has science just the pure fact of science and, and, the, and the wonderful, powerful notion of science, philosophy of science, holds all this together. No, God holds it together. It's, 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 beyond, it's beyond comprehension. Right. In another passage, we're told, Proverbs 8.29 says, When he gave the sea its boundaries. So there's boundaries on the planets. He set things in place. The axis of the world tilted 3%. Uh, Allowing us, three degrees I should say, allowing that perfect weather. So the waters, uh, okay, so start again. When he gave the sea its boundaries so the waters would not overstep its command. And when he marked out the foundations of the earth. God, you decreed it. No matter what happens on the planet, tornadoes, waves, uh, you know, all these tsunamis, whatever, it's still we need to understand that it cannot defeat the decrees of God's order of things jeremiah 5:22 says should you not fear me declares the lord should you not tremble in my presence i made the sand a boundary for the sea an everlasting barrier it cannot cross the waves may roll but they cannot prevail they may roar, but they cannot cross it. Nature in itself is a testimony. God is in control. He set this world in order. He is in control. He has decreed the paths of the stars, the planets. He has ordered the workings even of the atom. Our universe, his universe, works reliably according to the design of and decree of its maker. So we have this word history, his story, history. There's a story, the greatest story ever told. That's God's story for creation and for our lives. And we can choose to be in that story or we can say that story is too whimsical. It's too fanciful. It's, it's, it's not my story. I'm creating my own story on this planet. You can do that, and you can be a star in your own movie. You can be a star in your own life. Amen? You can, you can do lots of selfies. You can say, I've been here now. I'm doing this. Look at me. Whoa. But you know what? You could be such a small character in your own story. But you can be broken. You can be doing hard yards. But in God's story, you are. You, are, you really have found your identity in God. And you are a star. A star in God's eyes. You're the apple of his eye. And this is what people do. I want to create my own movie, my own story. And it's a sad thing. 2 Kings 9.15 And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. He is in control. Everything in heaven and on earth is God's and the kingdom is His alone. He is exalted over all and He is the ruler of all things. The world is His. The world is the Lord's and everything in it. The earth and all who live in it. He, he, it all belongs to Him. That's why giving is a powerful victory. When you decide that you are a steward of your life, that you are a steward of that which he gave you, that he gives you everything, even the things that you think you're entitled to and you deserve, he gave you those things. In Deuteronomy says he gives you power to acquire wealth. Everything that you have is actually his you are a steward of it that's the bottom line to the fact and when you realize that you're just happy to share it to give it and you're happy to realize my god it's because of you not because of my ingenuity amen it's a beautiful day it's a victorious day that's why giving is such an important such an important principle to understand 1 chronicles 29:11 Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and to give strength to all. God's will, God's purposes God's plans will prevail. Proverbs 19.21. I know I'm laying some scripture in uh, quite, quite busily here, but I've got to. I've got to build a case here. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. (laughs) You can live a whole life doing your own thing, but guess what? His purpose is going to prevail at, the, prevail at the end of the day. And when we give an account for, a, for your life, or our <laughs> life, for my life, you better be hoping you're saying, Lord, I tried my best to follow your ways. I was just doing my darndest to trust you, to believe you. And man, I know it wasn't completely right, everything I did, but I was certainly trying to seek you, trying to, trying to uh, uh, abide in your will and do what you called me to do. Not, man, I didn't know what you were saying. You didn't give me a clue. The Bible is the clue of what God wants you to do. The Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, amen. His voice. The Bible says in Isaiah, if you don't know, you know, which way to go, left or right, listen behind you and a voice will tell you which way to go. There's no excuses. Paul says at in Christ, Ephesians 1.11, in him we were all chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will i just man i'm having brain explosions up here it's a little bit like the rhythm of life once you get into the rhythm of his purpose and his will man you know like you're getting every green light all of a sudden you know when you're traveling somewhere, you just get every red light bang 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 is this a conspiracy or what uh, you know is someone watching am I might am live in the Truman Show or something I mean uh, are they doing adverts on me I don't know you know I see if I get angry or something I don't know. no no it, it, when you're in the rhythm of life doors are opening the, the, the doors that need to be shut are shutting and you're in this flow the slipstream of grace you're actually singing on the way to work you, you, you're you speaking well of people you, you're singing praises of God and when you're out of the rhythm, you're stressed, you're, you're angry, you're, you know what I mean? The, the will of God is not all the time, you know, doing some radical thing for God. It's just about in the peace of God stuff. Psalm 33 verse 11 says, But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. I love this, for our children i 'm thinking of our children 's church this morning going ballistic we 've got so many tents up out there and now it looks like a man you know we 've got so many families coming because now young families uh, dads are bringing their kids along, bringing their families along, bringing their wives along that 's a phenomenon because it was always the women bringing the man along, trying to bring the man along, and then the kids would follow, but now the man is coming and bringing The Father is bringing the kids along with the wife and saying, we need to get to church. We need to get into the rhythm of life. We need to get into the purpose and the plans of God. This is a good thing, man. All my friends at work that I know are Christians. They're doing real well, and I'm doing hard yards. We need to get with the program. We need to get in God's story, the greatest story ever told. Amen. Isaiah 25 verse 1 says, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness you have done wonderful things. Things planned long ago. Isaiah 46 verse 10, I make known the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's omniscient. He knows all things. He's omnipotent. He's all powerful. We know this. I make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come? I say my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. This is why it's great to get into the flow of God's purposes and plans. Lamentations 3.37. Who can speak and have it happen if the Lord does not decree it? I love this statement. God's will is not some rigid blueprint in which one wrong decision ruins His plans for us for the rest of our lives. God is more like a master chess player who is about a million games ahead of us. You like that? You like that? As we desire to please Him, diligently seek to obey, even with our imperfect knowledge of Him, His ways, His will, God knows how to get us where He wants us. I can tell you that is my story right there, living through the 70s. And somehow, the biggest U-turn I've ever seen in my life. Have you ever seen like a Mack truck try to do a U-turn, like a handbrake slide on a freeway, doing about 120 Ks and all of a sudden... And the whole rig starts to come around like... It's coming, it's... And people are going, Oh my God, Phil Hoffel's getting saved, that can't be true. Look at him, he's turning... You know, the tires have all blown. The engine, the gearbox is gone. Man, Phil oliver he got saved. What was the story, man? He was in the fast lane, living living the life of the 70s. Whoa! Why'd he stop? Because God has a way. God knows how to get us where he wants us. He knows how to complete his purposes for our lives. He can turn our blunders into good. Thank you, Jesus, for your amazing grace. Amen. Guys, listen to me. There is freedom in following Christ. This is a great adventure. I did this a week, but anyway. You know, I, get, I get a little bit concerned when maybe we're just trying to be a bit too cute with our kids, trying to put too many parameters around them, too many boundaries around them, not letting them fall over, not letting them adventure and explore, climb up a tree, Uh, whatever or take you know test the water out whatever this is life guys God wants you to explore and maybe that means exploring some stuff that you know seems crazy but you just got to do that to I mean not crazy stuff completely but you know there's there's liberty to go exploring in God to dig out the gold Of your salvation, you you need to. If you're getting bored with your salvation, bored with coming to church, oh my God, just just start digging in the gold mine of the knowledge of God. Take your little pick, take your little Zoolander, you know, you know, little light there, and start start digging. Start. Everyone just got the wrong. I just threw people right off right there. (coughs) I've got black black lungs. Here's a little bit of a practical stuff. God guides us, and this is the because Rod did a brilliant this this message this morning about the practical stuff. God guides us by faith. The faith the, the just shall live by faith. So four things how He guides us to get us in, in 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 His will, in His purpose, because He's going to fulfill it whether you like it or not. He he he's going to do it one way or another. He's going to get you done. So, the first thing we've got to realize in a practical sense, the way to get with God and his ability to show providence, favor to us, turn all things around for good to those that love him, the, the, the way to do that in a practical sense is by faith. The just shall live by faith. But in a sense, we all want to know which decision to make. You know, can you show us first? But that's not faith. Faith is having to make a decision to to do what you think you need to do. That's faith, amen? The order is always always trust and obey. This photo, can I have it? It's it's one I dug out, but it's a photo of trusting and obeying. It seems radical sometimes what you have to trust and obey. Uh, But hang on, guys. It could be your best move. It should be your best move but hang on trusting and obeying that's what we need to do Ephesians 6 1 says children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right and you know they're saying that now right now that we're getting to a point in society where we absolutely need to decide to obey God it's not easy we could easily obey man the trends, the fashions out there, we could, we could agree with the naysayers, we could agree with atheism, we could agree with any philosophy. But this is the generation that we need to be vocal. I'm loving people putting up their, their God life on Facebook. I have no problem of using Facebook to propagate the gospel. Uh, I, I go public and, and I've only lost two friends I know of from school. When I went to a school reunion, I met 40 of my good friends that I'm not sure went to church. And they soon quickly realized I was uh, a Christian. And then they realized, because they all befriended me on Facebook, that, oh my God, what's this guy into? He's pretty full on. He's pretty full on. Uh, Because everything I try and put up is really about the God factor in my life. Amen. And I've only, that I know, only lost two friends of my Facebook. So you know, the, the, there's, there's a scripture that says here, uh, Mark 8, 38. If anyone is ashamed, say ashamed, of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels. I believe there's a generation being raised up now who are going public for Jesus. Much more than when we, we started to go to church in the 80s. Uh, you know, it was a little bit of a we were closet believers you know we'd hardly maybe tell anyone but now I'm just loving young seeing young people just go public you know and I wouldn't say get a tattoo but I'm just saying uh, I've got to be careful what I endorse here but I'm just saying that um, I'm just loving people saying yeah I went to church at Rock wow that's awesome uh, you know I'm listening to Matt Redman I'm listening to Whatever, Hillsong, I I, I like Hillsong. Uh, People are even nervous to say, I like Hillsong. Oh, you like that that church? I I love Hillsong, what about you? I love God, what about you? It's a generation to go public. we got young guys going over to uh, join the ISIS team because they go public and say, I want to join. I want to join and I want to be a a, a voice for ISIS. Why can't we do that? So... Faith, faith, faith and obedience are two sides of the same coin. We must be willing to obey before him. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. faith and obedience are of the same side of the coin. We must be willing to obey God and then be, be led by the Lord. He's sovereign. He's in control. Two, facts. H- how do you get with the program? How do you get with the plan of God? How do you get with the purposes of God? Number two, facts. The Holy Spirit will impress upon you this, the Bible. This is fact. Amen. And the Holy Spirit will impress that upon you to be led by the Holy Spirit. God wants to reveal Himself through the Word of God. Three feelings, personal guidance from the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And Galatians 5.18 says, But if you are led by the Spirit... You are not under the law, the law of sin and death. If you're under the law of sin and death, things are going awry big time. But if you're led by the Spirit, guess what? Freedom, life, love, it's awesome. And unfortunately, Westerners have a problem with this intuitiveness to follow the Holy Spirit. We cram God out at everything. I get get another thing, I realize that I love the age I grew up in because I didn't have one of these. And when I walked to school and when I was at anywhere, this thing wasn't in between me and my God. God was able to get to me. School walk, walks were a favorite of God getting to me. Uh, all the downtime was opportunities for God to get to me. This now is our downtime. Even someone's on the Facebook right now. They're there wondering, God or, or, gossip. Basically, it's gossip. It's it's all cool, good, but it's gossip. You're a girl. You just love. You just love what people are doing. I mean, boys, listen. We we don't do that. All right. We we're, we're, we're men. We're men. We don't we don't buy we don't buy gossip magazines. Do, do, do you go to the and buy? Go, you know, guy who the who magazine. You don't do that. So what do you do it on your phone for? I mean, everyone likes a little bit of, oh, what do they do? You know, but to the point where you're absolutely feeding off it and it's distracting you no end. You can't hear God. You can't hear yourself. You can't even hear your own spirit speak to you. That is a problem. Amen? God's trying to reach you. God's trying to warn you. God's trying to lead you, guide you. But this thing, the smartphone, very smart at keeping you away from God. Galatians five twenty five, I'll say it again. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Four the next one is four friends. Christ has made us the members of the body, the body of, we're independent. That's how God created us to be communal. To be communal, to be community. Once you isolate yourself, especially as a Christian, you're a weird, what do they say? Lone Ranger, weird stranger. Lone Ranger, Weird Stranger. I see it all the time. The wheels fall off. People get caught up with all sorts of crap. And, uh, and there's no accountability because you're running your own race. And, 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 and it's not good. Quickly, I've got to move on. I'm done. So get into church. Find a church. Romans 4.19 says, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Like Luke was saying, we need to walk together, live together, get to know each other. And then in that way, we can put our Christian faith to the real test of loving each other. Amen. It's easy to say, oh, I love the love of God. It's awesome. But you're not in the community to be able to do that, to put that to the test, to love on your friends and to be able to forgive your friends and be able to carry your friends through the trials of life. So, this is where it works out. Romans four nineteen. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace. Next. 1 John 3, 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Five. The far, fifth way to keep us on the straight and narrow is fences, guidelines, boundaries as you will. Everything's been set through creation on the earth in a particular parameter, in a, in a scientific brilliant, only in the mind of God could this planet be thought of. And it's all created with parameters and, 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 and principles. And, 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 and so doors that are opening and doors that are shutting, they're your fences right there. Is the door shut or is it open? And usually there's two out of those five that will dovetail and bring you to a place where you make the right decision, amen? So providence, providence is that. It's about believing that God is caring for you, loving you, blessing you, that he's right there, that seemingly. John Calvin says it like this. He says, creation and providence inseparately join. He says, Calvin says, unless we get past the carnal thought that this creation just happened and is bumping along randomly but there is a sovereign God. His providence that holds it together, including you and me. PowerPoint, if we got it, and I had to break this down because if I kept it in its original form, you would not have understood it. Again, it's by Calvin, uh, the great theologian. And, uh, but faith ought to penetrate more deeply, namely having found Him creator of all, forthwith to conclude is also everlasting governor. And preserver, Not only in that He drives the celestial frame as well as its several parts by universal motion, but also in that He sustains, nourishes, and cares for everything He has made, even to the least of the little sparrow. Matthew 10, 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them fall to the ground outside your Father's will. God's divine power, continually upholding, preserving, governing all creation. He sustains, He nourishes, He cares for His creation, even to the least of a sparrow. Father in heaven, right now, we just say thank you. We might just pull up there and just say, God, you even care about the sparrow. You even know the hairs on my head. Lord, you said we would not because you know our needs. You supply all our needs according to your riches in glory. Father, right now we just pray. Let's all just stand and say, dear God in heaven, thank you for your providence. Tonight, Lord God, I, I know that you've spoken to me. I know that you're speaking to me that you do know. You do know where I'm at. You do know. Providence means that God sees ahead and therefore makes wise provision for his creation. He is supremely competent manager, overseer, and ruler of his creation. He is both father and king. He is both he has both a kingdom and a family. His creation are under his divine care and supervision. This is great news of scripture that believers have the responsibility and the privilege to communicate to the world. What, what? What are you talking about? I mean that there is meaning, that there is a purpose. Father in heaven, I just pray that we would realize with every friend we have, at work, at play, wherever, family members, let us realize as we're standing with them that you created them on purpose. You created them to know you, to worship you to love you and to be loved they are created in your image lord to share this great love and lord to be in this greatest story ever told lord i pray that you'd stir us up again on the inside right now stir us up in the holy spirit to realize that being within god's plan and purposes for life is the greatest life to live outside of that It's minimal. It can be superficial. Aristotle Anassas, one of the richest men on the planet in his time, he says on his deathbed, he says, money doesn't really add up to happiness in the end. Father in heaven, I pray this, that you would stir us up to believe again that we're here on this planet on purpose that you set us down on this planet at this time for a reason, for a season, that you are not an accident, that you are held together by Christ Himself. He nipped you together in His mother's womb. He knit you together in your mother's womb. And He loves you. If you would understand the insurmountable number of thoughts towards you good thoughts, loving thoughts thoughts of good and mercy and grace and dear God you would just you would just be amazed you are so much more than what you think you are and when you understand when you start to believe that God you sent me here on purpose oh my God It becomes the greatest discovery of your life. So as we sing this song, I just pray something would settle in your heart to realize. God, you've been there for me all the days of my life. Your providence, your divine care, your protection, your guidance, you've led me. To even believe in you. You've 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 guided me all the days. I can see, look back on that now. I didn't see it when I was living in it, but I see that now. Jesus. Jesus. Maybe you're not sure of your destination. Maybe you're not sure that God created you. But tonight you want to you want to say, God, I believe. I believe I'm destined towards you. I believe I'm destined towards to meet with you on that final day. Maybe that's you, and you've just been maybe sort of superficially living life or bumbling along in life. I don't know, but I would just love to pray for you in these last few moments. I would like to lead you to a place where you can say, God, I believe in you, I believe in your sovereignty. I believe you created the heavens and the earth. I believe you made me. I, I believe that you know my heart. You be, I believe that you can turn all things around for good to those that love you. I believe, Lord God, that, that, that when you said in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper, not to harm you, but plans of a future and a hope. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you need to walk out of here with understanding that there is a great future for your life, a great hope in your life, and that is called Christ Jesus. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c 3 telgraorgau We hope to see you at church soon.